Think about Jesus for an example. If we're not careful, we fail to realize that Jesus was without sin. And everything Jesus did was a, was a direct result of what he heard from his father, seen from his father, led of his father. So Jesus saw a lot in this old world that he didn't approve of. Are you with me? Amen. Don't y'all think? Everywhere he went, was it a constant bombarded of, of, of regular disappointment? In the sense that he constantly, everybody he went, every conversation that he had, do you think he heard uh, mistruths and lies and, and, and deception? Yeah. Oh, it was a constant thing. But, but we want to look at how he, how he affected people. Even though he was among people who were not right, he understood his purpose was coming to make them right. But making them right wasn't going to be pointing out every detail about them personally. He took the opportunity and taught publicly of the fact that the kingdom of God was near. And this is what God's been promising. And it come as a light not only unto the Jew but unto the Gentile to set us free from this darkness so that we could be free to follow after him. But just think, I mean, I, just think about him walking down the street of, of dealing with everybody that he had to deal with and him having perfect revelation and knowledge on all things, it had to be a, just a, a constant uh, picture of everything that was wrong, but the wrong didn't cripple him in the right that he came to do. He had an assignment, he had a mission to do. If we're not careful, see, that's what knowledge you do. Knowledge will get you puffed up. To the point where all you can see is all the wrong. And then you can't be effective of doing what is right. Because the wrong keeps tripping you up. Everybody's wrong. Nobody's right. Everybody's doing it wrong. Nothing they say is right. And, and it just can't. What does that do? It creates distress in your life. Well we don't ever see Jesus distressed do we? Amen. Not at all. He didn't rejoice in the lie because truth or love never rejoices in unrighteousness. It only rejoices in the truth. But what we find him doing is that his knowledge was constantly measured out by his love. And that he loved those who wasn't right. And he knew what he had for those that wasn't right. And that he could make a difference in their life. And boy the difference that makes in our life when we recognize we enter into a space, we enter into a group of people who are, who are living totally contrary to anything biblical, anything exclusive to Christ, anything to His message, how do we enter into that, that, that atmosphere? How do we enter in that space? Do we enter in with a revelation that, that we've been sent as a light and that God can rescue and redeem them like He did us? Will we approach it with, we lay our, our preferences and our ways down so that we can reach them with the, with the good news of Jesus Christ, with His kind of love and His kind of compassion, and not letting their action dictate our actions, and just learning from Him. So that's what we want to learn as we're reading about Him as He walked through this world, because if we're not careful, we can find ourselves just like them Pharisees who constantly look down their nose at everybody and said, if they could only be like me, if they could only be like us, if they would only walk like me, they would have the world. But 
that was that hypocritical spirit that they had that they pointed out everybody else's wrong but never could see their own. And I want to tell you, we're, we're, not, as, we're not flawless like Jesus, amen? amen? We got the planks in our eyes and we got the spots in our eyes. We all got issues and, and, and we've got to relate to that, that, hey, I'm not, I, I'm not free from judgment. I'm not free from being judged myself. I need to actually, I can't exempt myself from being judged. I need to have a filter looking at my life as I'm looking at everything else in life so that I can be right with God and love people and help lead them to Him. Amen? Amen. Go to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. And then if y'all got anything else in Matthew, we'll talk about it. Psalm 37. This is just great principles to operate in. Psalm 37. Keep going back to this. You know, we were just in the Psalms. Notice the first words. Do not what? Do not fret. What's verse 8 say? Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not, it only what? It only causes harm. Not to just you, but what? Those around you. Those around us. Do not fret. Because of evildoers, nor be envious, verse 1, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. They, they don't realize it, but there's no need to let the evildoer manipulate you. We want to be a help to the evildoer. We want to have a message that could be a difference in them, but we don't want to be manipulated by them. Because they have no idea that their end is coming. We, we want to hold them back. We want to step in. We want to have a man. That, see, Jesus came to a bunch of evildoers. Amen. To hold us back from stumbling to the slaughter. Amen. Remember reading that in Proverbs? It says, hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. And don't say we didn't know it. Doesn't God know every heart and, and the deeds of every man? That's in Proverbs 24, 11. And we recognize that. So we don't need to be controlled by nor manipulated by the evildoer. Christ wasn't manipulated by this world he came to. He came with a solution for this world. That solution was a narrow gate. It was a narrow way. Why? He was God's only answer. It's an exclusive way. And it's the only way he's in him. And he knew that. And therefore he knew he had a solution and an answer. And that answer was God's answer. And he said, remember when he said that, many will in later days when the Son of Man comes in his glory, many will want to enter in by the gate, but he'll tell them, no, I didn't know you. They'll want to enter then. Why will they want to enter then? They're going to realize the truth, but they've run out of options. Yeah. See, right now the world we live in has options. But for us believers, we, we recognize that there are not options. We have only one option. Right. That's God's option. And His options is His Son. That's His solution. But see, the world, just like in Noah's day, Noah went and preached, right? What was Noah? A preacher of righteousness. And the only option God gave mankind in that day was the message of Noah and that ark he was building. But the world looked at Noah and says, well, we got multiple options. And they chose the other options and not God's option. 
And there's still coming a day when they stand before God and they'll say, can we enter in? And he said, no, you chose the other options when I told you you only had one. See, that's the narrow gate and the narrow way is narrow because there's only one option. There's only one gate and that's Jesus. Amen. And in his way is the only way and that's that's God's solution so we don't need to be manipulated we don't have to fret we don't have to let them control in any kind of way he goes on to say instead what do we do if God is our only option he's our only solution he's our only answer verse 3 says do what trust him if he's your only option trust him trust in the Lord and advance his good do good do what he asks you to do. When you trust, then what do you do? You dwell. Let him plant you in the land. Don't worry about the evildoers. He's planted you to be a missionary. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. What's verse 4 say? You trust him and then what? Delight yourself also in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. Okay, you trust in him. You're delighting in Him. That would be you're your meditating, you're pondering Him, you're thinking about Him. What's verse 5 say? Do what? Therefore, if He's your only option, commit your way to Him. Commit your way, your work to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. And what's verse 7 say? rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him, do not fret. We're back to fretting again. So everything that's in between, not fretting, don't let the evildoers manipulate you, don't let this world manipulate you. If God's your only option, make him that only option and trust him. Delight in him. Commit your works to him. Rest in him. Wait upon him. And you'll cease, you'll stop from being angry and manipulated and fretting over the things of this world. And you'll start looking more and more like Jesus when he walked the streets of Galilee. Amen? Because I want to tell you, that's exactly what he did. What did he do? He trusted his father. He delighted in him. His ways were committed to him. He rested in him. He waited upon him. And we never find him fretting. We never find him angry over people not trusting him he don't make it personal we see it and I want to tell you this is a great solution for us too I want to tell you trusting Jesus delighting in him committing your way to him resting in him will will deal not not alleviate you from problems but it sure will help you us deal with the problems in a way that would bring glory to God. Amen. Amen. And not weaken our faith, distress our brethren, nor destroy those that are around us watching us in life. Why? Because we trust Him. We're delighting, meditating, thinking, seeking, uh, listening for Him, committed to Him, resting and waiting upon Him. And all of a sudden, man, we just start ceasing from this this fretting and anxiety and troubles that come our way. So it helps me that 
that when I start letting people and circumstances manipulate me and I start letting it want to push me and move me in certain directions, I just I have to come back and say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to the fact that I've got, I've got, one, I've got one option in this life. It's not mine, it's your option. You're my solution. You're my answer. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I don't have to have it figured out. I don't have to know everything you're going to do. I don't, know how, I don't have to know everything. How are you going to do it? I don't. You know, I'll illustrate it with our grandkids. Your grandkids don't know a whole lot about you. They don't know where you've been. They don't know who you've been with. They don't know where you, what you've seen in life. They don't know all that you know, but you know they trust you. They trust you. They love you and trust that you have, you've given them no reason not to trust you, right? Amen. No reason for not to trust you. Everything you've done was to prove you were trustworthy and that you, are, you, will, you will protect them and bless them and help them and guide them. You've given them absolutely not one reason not to trust you, but they don't know everything about you. They don't know all that you know. They don't know where you've been. They don't know who you've been with. They don't know what you've done in life. Yeah, of course, as they get older, you're telling them more. You're revealing more. They're learning more. But as Jesus says, those that come to me like a child, simply like a child, childlike faith, are just trusting me, even when you don't have the answers to everything in life. You just trust me knowing that I have that solution. I have that answer. It says it's those who get to enter in to the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. 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 We'll help each other walk with him. Even when we know everything's going to work together for the good of those that love him. Okay?